So James, I know you've been over to Athens uh, to, um, have you been over to Athens? I have. <laughs> We're best friends. Um, I... <laughs> Hello, my name is Kirsty Styles, and I'm here with James Meadway, who's a senior economist at the New Economics Foundation for the weekly economics podcast. We're a month on from the Greek elections, and the winning party, Syriza, has now made a deal with the Troika. This week, we learn more about that deal and who the Troika actually is. Things are incredibly difficult for millions of Greeks. So Greece is really on Greek its knees. Greek economy is in dire straits. Greece votes today in an election that's set to be one of the most significant in Eurozone history. Extraordinary political breakthrough. For the first time in decades, a radical left-wing party has won the election. gave him the chance to sing in a microphone. I have a solution <laughs> so that Greece can leave behind the vicious circle of death. As of today, we're beginning to be co-authors of our destiny. Co-authors Eurozone of negotiators have agreed to a four-month extension plan of the country's $273 billion. Your people elected you precisely to get rid of austerity. Even the German finance minister has asked, how will you sell this to the very electorate who put you into power to get rid of all this? We're doing it, and we're doing it very effectively. So, James, Greeks' new governing party, Syriza, have done a debt deal with the Eurogroup, representing the 19 other countries within the Eurozone. It's a major reversal of the new government's plans. Can we just go back a bit and you tell us a bit about the background to this? Who is Syriza and uh, what was their plan? Well, Syriza was the, and is the coalition of the radical left um, that up until really very recently, really up until 2010, 2012, was a fairly minor party in Greece. They had, you know, a couple of MPs, very small share of the vote. And then once the crisis got going from 2010 onwards, really started to attract support, um, particularly when PASOK, which is the Greek equivalent of the Labour Party here, basically their support fell away because they were in power and implementing austerity on a very, very dramatic scale. And Syriza has campaigned since 2010, 2012, saying that if elected, if it gets into government, they will end austerity. So the election this time, the 25th of January, they got just enough seats to be able to form a coalition with one of the smaller parties in Parliament on the basis of saying we will end austerity and we'll stay inside the euro. Those are the two things that Syriza's leadership have promised consistently throughout. So what they've got with this deal, and it is a kind of temporary arrangement, is uh, the chance to stay inside the eurozone. But the whole bit about let's end austerity as well now looks really very, very shaky. Austerity has become a kind of uh, a word that everyone will be familiar with across the UK as well. Do you want to just tell us a bit about Greece's austerity? Yeah, well, we've had, we've had you know, a bit of austerity here and it has had damaging effects. Uh, you know, we, we can go through the kind of social consequences of this and some of the economic arguments against it. It's a whole different scale in Greece. I mean, it's really the most extraordinary pressure being applied to governments there to cut funding to all kinds of services. So it means, you know, hospitals are underfunded. There's a crisis in getting medicine. It means that unemployment for everybody in Greece has gone up to 25%. Uh, half of young people are unemployed. It means real wages have fallen by about a third. It means people have had their pensions torn to shreds. It means all of these things stacked up. And the most terrible, terrible social consequences, the Greek suicide rate has gone from being amongst the lowest in Europe to one of the highest. Uh, infant mortality is up 40% in the last few years, this sort of thing. So it's had enormous consequences. And that's why people are voting for a party and have voted for a party that says, as its first thing, it's going to try and get rid of austerity. 
Okay, so um, it came in trying to get rid of austerity, but um, the deal that it's just made does not do that. Do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, the detail behind what they've uh, they've agreed? Well, the, the deal, I mean, the deal's quite sort of vague in some ways and a bit too sort of specific in others. And there's going to be some arguments, I think, over the next, well, really over the next four months about how that plays out. So there has been a very particular argument about the level of what's called the primary surplus that the Greek government has to generate. Now, the primary surplus is how much money uh, the government gets in taxes ahead of how much it spends. So it's the opposite of a deficit, and that's not taking account of its interest payments. The the former Troika, and we can come on to what that is, but that's the IMF, the European Union, the European Central Bank, were basically saying that they wanted a primary surplus of 4.5% of GDP, which is absolutely enormous. There are almost no countries in history have ever been able to generate a surplus that big for any long period of time. Certainly don't have that here, do we? We absolutely don't have that here. We have a, we have a deficit, and, and quite a substantial deficit and have had for a few years, despite austerity. So austerity hasn't worked. It's socially damaging. It's absolutely dreadful what's occurred there. And it really, really hasn't worked. The deal locks into place uh, a requirement for the Greek government to say that it's going to meet some primary surplus and they're going to squabble over how big that's going to be. Yanis Varoufakis, the Greek finance minister, says he wants a primary surplus of 1.5%. Syriza was originally elected and saying it will get a balanced budget. So taxes will equal spending at some point in the future. So it's still, you know, it's still quite tight, really. It's not like Keynesianism. They're not going to go mad sort of spending money. Uh, they're just going to try and balance the budget. They've now reined back from that and said that they'll try and get this primary surplus and they are not going to look to reduce, to cancel any part of Greece's debt. Okay, so give me give me some more detail. What 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 have has have Syriza now agreed to? Well, there's a whole there's a whole list of things in there aside from the the key questions of ending austerity. So they can spend more money on lots and lots of different social programs. That was their promise. The the whole kind of emergency package that Syriza put to the Greek electorate came to about 12 billion euros. So that's what they wanted to spend. That's not going to be strictly capped in lots and lots of different ways. So there's a cap on how much they can spend on increasing public sector wages. There's a bit of a cap that seems to have crept in on how much they can put up the minimum wage. There's a cap that has been imposed on how much they can increase health spending. The same thing on pensions. There's a promise in there about they're not going to roll back any of the privatisations that have happened. There's all these things that have stacked up that are really running quite hard against the programme that Syriza was elected on. There's a few bits and pieces in there that look a bit better, but it's very, very slender pickings at that point. So it doesn't sound like uh, they are fulfilling the, the commitment that they, they thought they could make to the Greek people. Do, do they have to go along with a deal like this? Well, this is this is where there's a, there's a row, certainly inside of Syriza, and I think for, for Greek society more generally. The government's argument is that they needed to buy time, that they were facing a serious crisis of funding for Greece. And that's really what this is about, that the Greek government has, over the next few months, particularly going into the summer, some very, very large repayments due in its debt. So so the first one, first big one coming up is the IMF, who are after about one and a half billion euros in March. And then over the summer months, is about I think it's about eight billion euros to various creditors that are due there. So this uh, deal extends the existing bailouts and extends the amount of money that can be offered to the Greek government to meet its creditors, to make sure it can carry on meeting these repayments. So the argument from the Greek government and the series of leadership is they had to do this to get some time and then they can sort out a proper deal in four months time. Okay, so um, this four-month kind of cooling-off period is, is a positive thing for Syriza? Well, they, the leadership will argue that, and they've, they've tried to put a positive case for it. Um, what other people in Syriza, there's a number of MPs and a number of their supporters saying, that actually, this was a, a very bad deal 
because it's such a, a switch from what they're elected to do that even if you get people to say, okay, we needed a bit of time, you know, we needed some time to try and sort out what we're doing, this is such a step back that it's going to be very hard to then get forward again and say, well, really, we want to end austerity still. You know, this is just a temporary measure. So that's the row that's developing inside Syriza at the minute with a number of really quite prominent MPs opposing the deal. So it sounds like they're favouring the staying in the Eurozone option over the anti-austerity pledge that they made. Um, 80% of the Greek population before the election said that they wanted to stay in the Eurozone. Is this the only way that they can stay in uh, and continue as they are? Uh, or what are the options for leaving? Well, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be the only way they can stay in the Eurozone. There's a kind of what's what's kind of rational and reasonable. I mean, this is what Yanis Varoufakis has always argued. And he's backed up on this by any number of economists now who say that basically the Greek debt is unsustainable. Some of it will have to be written off. Uh, that austerity has been uh, a disaster economically, so we ought to increase spending. That's a kind of sensible, reasonable proposal. So you go off sensible and reasonable, try and argue your case and then you find that what happens is there's absolutely no movement at all from the creditor nations there. It's just not going to happen. The reasons for that I think are basically political. I think the calculation ends up being if we give Greece a bit of leeway that means you also have to give a bit of leeway to Spain and to Ireland and to Portugal. And suddenly you've got a real problem on your hands. So they can't budge an inch, led by Germany, led by the German government. They can't budge an inch on Greece because that means you'll get everybody else demanding the same treatment. So they have to be very hard with Greece. They have to say, stick to the programme, stick to austerity, no cancellation of debt. And um, so the d- disastrous consequences if they left the Eurozone, is that is that kind of realistic from both sides, from the, 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 the Eurozone countries and from, from Greece? It's, it's extremely hard to say that nobody's left the euro before. You're not supposed to be able to leave and there's no provision at all inside its uh, constitution to say you can leave. So if you do it, you're just kind of throwing everything in the air. There is an argument inside of Syriza and, and outside that because the situation in the euro now is so bad economically, it means austerity. It means a debt that frankly is unpayable, but you're going to get told you try and pay it. And, and when I say it's unpayable, I mean that even on these kind of fantasy positive figures that the IMF and some other people have been pushing of very high Greek growth, very high primary surplus, you're still looking at a massive, massive debt by the end of this decade and into succeeding decades. So it's a generation or more of austerity is what the conditions are for remaining inside the euro at this point in time. Because those conditions are so bad, this is the argument from left platform inside of Syriza. We have to talk about leaving the Eurozone. This is the only way to end austerity now. This is the only way to get rid of the debt. So that's that's the default. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about what that could look like? Well, what it, what it could mean is that it depends on how it happens. Greece has already had a bit of a debt write-off back in 2012, where a little bit of debt was written off in return for further austerity measures. The debtor-led default is that you would say, we as a nation are simply not going to repay this debt and and then we'll, we're open to negotiations about how much we should pay, but we're going to treat this as we're not going to pay it until we have those negotiations. So it would be a process of going through how much is payable, how much should you pay, over what terms are you going to return this debt, that sort of thing. Ecuador in 2008 did more or less its process. They had a new government. They said, look, this debt is, is basically illegitimate, or a good chunk of it is. We're not going to repay this, but we're, we're open to negotiations about how we might pay it. So that would be the argument that Greece should do something similar. It also come attached to an argument that it really ought to leave the Eurozone. If you stay inside the Eurozone, it means the European Central Bank is still really in charge of your banking system. And that leaves you weak. That leaves you open to the ECB just deciding to, if it was so minded to, withdrawing support from your banking system, collapsing that banking system and therefore collapsing your economy. 
Um, so day one of default for ordinary Greeks, what does that look like? Well, it depends on, on the circumstances. It depends on how the default happens. If you take Argentina in 2001, this is a very, very messy, very messy default. Now, usually, this is sort of big secret with default, usually countries that default, and most countries do. I mean, there's only six countries in the world that have really never defaulted on their debt, Britain being one of them. Germany really isn't, as it happens. Most countries, after a few years, tend to do better. But the trouble is you have to get through a few years of potentially your cut-off from borrowing globally, potentially you're treated as a bit of an international pariah, that you might have the simple shock of default itself and the potential consequences of your banking system lead to a sharp recession. All those sort of things can happen. So if you're going to do it, you have to have quite a clear plan of action about what you might do. In the case of Greece, this would probably include God, introducing capital controls. You stop people taking so much money out of the country and out of the banking system all at once. You nationalise the banks. You'd attempt to, if you're outside the euro, you'd say you'd recapitalise the banks with new drachma loans from the government. You could do all of these things, but you need to be very, very clear and organised to do it. And you would need public support, which I think is the key bit. If you just do this and it's a shock and people don't support you, that's extremely risky, I think, for the government to, to talk like that. As it happens, opinion polls now suggest that people are coming around to the idea if you want to end austerity you're going to have to give up on the euro okay james well thank you very much seems like it's not the end of the story there with greece at all now we're on to james's jargon of the week and this time we are interested um given that this uh, word gets banded around so often around the greek situation what is the Troika? Well, the, the Troika is the, the rather unfortunate, evil-sounding name given to the uh, collection of institutions. That is the European Union, uh, the European Central Bank, so that's the Central Bank of the Eurozone, and the International Monetary Fund, the IMF. And collectively, since 2010, they have been uh, negotiating, although there's not much negotiation to be had, with the Greek government over how much austerity it can impose and how they're going to manage the bailouts. What the new government has said, and they said this straight away, is they're not going to deal with the Troika anymore. What's happened in the deal is basically the Troika's got renamed, so now we have to call it the institutions. In practice, this thing is still there, and the Greek government is still having to negotiate with the EU, the ECB, and the IMF all at once. So, James, I know you've been over to Athens uh, to um, get kind of under the skin of what's really going on um, over in Greece, so this will no doubt be a topic that we'll return to again. Thank you so much for taking the time out to chat to me today. Thank you. Music for the weekly economics podcast is provided by Poddington Bear. If you have any questions about economics for James, then please get in touch with me at Kirsty Styles One on Twitter. Due to popular demand, uh, the weekly economics podcast is now on iTunes. You can subscribe now, uh, tell your friends, uh, and listen on your commute. And if you think it's dead good, leave us a review. We'll be back at the same time next week.